Hello and welcome back to another No Topic is Safe podcast. Uh, we've been on a hiatus for a little bit, but um, I'm <laughs> not one by of your choice. Ho- not by choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the world and life has been hectic. So um, I'm Caleb, and I'm here with my lovely wife Angelina. And Hi. This week we're going to talk about the book uh, "The Obstacle Is the Way." <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about what you learned in your confidence course. Well, that too, but uh, I think the <laughs> I think the bulk of it is going to be about the obstacle is the way. But um, oh god, I hope not. <laughs> well, <laughs> here we go. Um, so <laughs> some of the stuff that I learned um, basically <laughs> since since our last uh, episode, uh, I went over a Mind Valley quest, uh, basically on confidence and some of the key takeaways that I got from that were you are what you practice. So the whole quest had a lot of different lessons, but it essentially broke down to this idea that we have to like train ourselves to be confident. It's not something that is just, you know, naturally given to us and we don't just, we aren't born confident essentially is what it's getting at. So Um, It gives a lot of like key little exercises to essentially like program your mind into remembering that state of confidence that you've had. And that comes in the form of like a wait, I'll just say we're not you said we're not born with confidence. And now we're remembering our confidence. No, I think we are born with confidence. I think if you look at little kids, they don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. that I can see that. They don't give a shit. And then, you know, as we get older, everything starts to tell us we are not good enough. What Mm. we're doing is weird. And then we get, you know, socialized and then we have all that societal programming. And then we follow all the rules for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And then we wake up and go, who the fuck am I? So that's interesting. Okay. um, so what is he is he saying you have to remember like your little kid confidence or is he saying so so there's essentially like a exercise and i was just going to get to this exercise where he walks you through like a, a essentially a guided meditation where you think about about a time in your life where you were exceptionally confident whether it was like you know working on something alone or it was a time where you know you went on a date and you crushed it or you gave a presentation and did well and you just think about a time in your life when you were confident and you remember that feeling and you pinch your index and thumb together and it's like an external stimulus that you have control over so you remember the feeling you pinch your finger you remember the feeling you pinch your finger and you basically just like drill that for a little while until that pinching of your fingers kind of becomes like a, a an external trigger to bring you into that confident state. Hmm. So um, basically, this is like a little this is like a little practice. It's a tip. little programming practice tip to help bring you into that confident state. Does it work? Uh, I think so. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> So this is we know it works for somebody. (laughs) We it works for somebody. Otherwise, this guy wouldn't be teaching it. Um, Yeah, but so I've been lucky enough to where you know a lot throughout my career, I've been able to 
build confidence in a lot of other ways. So most of my daily life now, because we're separate, is uh, in my job. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the confidence is there. But um, the biggest thing that I kind of took away from it is that it's it's a series of habits that you have to build. It's something that you got to work on and essentially like program yourself out of. So that lack of confidence, you need to program it away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you need to program confidence and unprogram lack of confidence. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a it's bunch like of a hypnotherapy course, right? Kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a lot of like short meditations that kind of help hypnotherapy yourself into a more confident state. <laughs> and that is the meat and that's neat <laughs> right yeah hypnotherapy is really cool um it's been around for a really long time and of course like all uh like most homeopathic remedies that work um when you know we started getting obsessed with science things that worked that didn't have any like hard medical big pharma benefits that kind of got pushed to the side and now people are kind of waking up to like these old older ways older methods um to help themselves and so i'm kind of like excited that hypnotherapy is getting more traction now um and i understand why a lot of people would be like oh that's just woo woo but the fact of the matter is is that we have tons and tons and tons of studies and statistics showing that the woo woo works yeah, like um, <laughs> pharmacology has only kind of come into the the scene in the last like couple hundred years or something, right? Like, it's not, not even, but it's yeah. not new or it's not very old stuff. It's like it's all brand new. Yeah, which is why it's more dangerous, right? Because we don't know, we haven't had the time to to use some of these more modern methods. You know, like when you look at the stats of like how effective antidepressants are, how effective you know medication for schizophrenia is, how effective like. The stats for the medicines are usually really bad and not, they're not as good as people would think, right? Yeah. Um, so there is a place for these more natural interventions. And hypnotherapy just so happens to be one of the ones that seems to be gaining a lot of popularity because people are discovering that it's working. So I'm actually excited that it's becoming more mainstream. Do you it find that you are someone who can kind of be hypnotized? more easily than others um so the the hypnotherapy i think is still a little bit challenging for me um yeah what i have found though is that i'm pretty decent at like meditation and this kind of reminds me of a, a podcast i listened to with uh jay shetty and dr dispensa i think dispensa is how you say it yeah, yeah i think that's how you say it but he was talking about a like seminar that he did where all like, you know, these hundred people came into this auditorium and it's the same environment for like seven days. It's this auditorium, but he like measured a bunch of their biomarkers before and after this seminar. And there was like a huge vast difference between the beginning and the end of this seminar. And what, what is he measuring? What did he do? He was, like, he was, was measuring, he was measuring like a bunch of their like blood work. Um, their I know, rate, but what was like, like the goal? Like what was he looking for? <laughs> the, the goal essentially was to like, uh, meditate yourself into health because it's a lot of people oh, that were, okay. yeah. So a lot of these people were coming into these seminars sick 
you know, having, you know, cancers and depressions and all these like chronic illnesses that a lot of people are suffering from these days. And and he wanted to see like how effective meditating on it would work, would be. Yeah. And essentially oh, okay. like there was huge, huge differences between beginning and end. And it yeah. was this only the only thing that they were doing was like meditating and talking about it and figuring out root causes and going inward with it. They weren't giving them medications or feeding them like crazy chemicals or anything like that. It was yeah. literally just the power of the mind. And I think, I think that that's like a lot of people, mm -hmm. they, you have to remember that people don't know like what hypnosis is. Like people okay. might not know what meditation is. So basically what you're getting at is we can do these sort of brainwave altering states and use them to improve yes. our physical health. That's kind of the tie. So yes. for people who don't know, a lot of times hypnosis is just a way for a practitioner to help you get into a meditative level of mind. Um, yeah. Some people find it a lot easier to tap into their subconscious under hypnosis. Other people find it easier to meditate and get into a state of deep relaxation. If we measure the brainwaves of people who are under hypnosis or people who are meditating, your brainwaves actually change. So we can actually get past this sort of thinking mind, this conscious mind, and tap into a more unconscious state, a more relaxed state. And mm -hmm. that is where you are better able to be persuaded by like a hypnotherapist or you're able to sort of direct your thoughts or what some people might experience, like a metaphysical experience, um, you know, like tapping into their spiritual selves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the tie-in between hypnosis and meditation, right? Is like, we're talking about altering states of mind naturally through our thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, right. I, that's exactly it. Like, And, and so basically to... what your course was, was he was, because the doctor that you did it with is a hypnotherapist, right? Correct. Yeah. And so what he was doing is using hypnotherapy techniques to program more confidence and eliminate lack of confidence. And one of the techniques was to sort of kind of like Pavlo's dogs or Pavlov's dogs, right? Where yeah. <laughs> they, they had the bell and, you know, they bell with a treat, bell with a treat, bell with a treat. And they got the dogs to a point where if they heard the bell, they started salivating because they assumed that the treat was coming. And that's kind of what you're saying that you got programmed with this, you know, index finger yeah. to thumb. If you do it enough times, your brain will start to associate that movement with feelings of confidence. It was Correct. Pavlov, right? Pavlov's oh dogs. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, Pavlov, going back to psych Pavlov. 101. <laughs> yeah. Paloff presses is where I'm like, wait a minute. The Paloff <laughs> That's something <dogs>. else. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. But but God, yeah, but damn. basically pulled that out from pulled that out from like <laughs> fucking ten years ago. Like, is that the right guy? Oh shit! <laughs> it but is. essentially, it is the right guy. back to your question. <laughs> yes. Well, because you're just like I did this finger trick. Baby, you're like, I did this finger trick and now I'm confident. And I'm like, we need a lot more background on this. <laughs> As you can tell people, I'm a little bit out of practice on podcasting. <laughs> we might be rusty, both of us. I mean, I'm like fucking up my words and then forgetting oh, who the shit. fuck Pavlov is. It's like one of right. the founders of modern psychology, but that's okay. <laughs> Operant anyways, conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so apparently... 
I guess what my point is, is that hypnotherapy and meditation and all that kind of stuff really does have a place for modern interventions um, of helping all sorts of maladies. And like you said, you know, with Dr. Joe Dispenza, he found that and he like turned it into a study and was like, dude, everybody's getting better and all we're doing is meditating on our health issues. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, so basically back to your original question, um, I think that I am a little bit better at meditating than I am at like the hypnotherapy. For some reason, I think I focus too much on the hypnotherapy and I think too much about it. I think Mm -hmm. too much about the words and the triggers that they're trying to use and stuff like that. But I yeah, found and that, you kind of have to get relaxed enough to kind of yeah, be persuaded that way. Interesting, right. yeah. So when I like meditate by myself and I'm just in my own head trying to be still and relax, I feel like I'm a. It's a little bit more of effective of a practice for me. So, um, there's been a few times where I've been able to get into like that deep, like almost. I don't. I can't say for sure, but the theta waves where it's like almost a light sleep, you know, where you almost like lose track of your body and lose track of your external environment. And, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's supposedly that's where you're most suggestible and that is where you're most able to like rewire and reprogram your brain. So, um, yeah, because a lot of us really are running off of these old programs, just like out of habit. And we're mm -hmm. just kind of on autopilot most of the time with the way that we react to things the way that we go about our daily lives. I mean, a lot of us don't even question our emotional reactions to stuff when <laughs> usually it's it's not even relevant to the actual situation. It's just you're triggered and it brings your brain back to like a time where that was a lot more dangerous than maybe the modern situation is. Yeah. So that's why it's so useful in things like hypnotherapy because they go back and back and back and back to these subconscious, these unconscious patterns that are kind of running all the time that we're like not aware of right Mm -hmm. like and so the point is to get past the brain past the ego into these further back states and rewire and undo these negative coping mechanisms and these negative patterns right Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the goal because i don't think a lot of people people are kind of like like why would i do hypnotherapy (laughs) it's like to undo your fucking patterns because whatever fires together wires together yeah so Say like, because just like with my experience with Marissa Pierce RTT, I had a lot of really great experiences um, with her. And she's a hypnotherapist as well. Mm-hmm. She does what's called rapid transformational therapy. And it's a hypnotherapy, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's her own. She kind of made it her own thing. But I've had really, really cool experiences with that because say like, Okay, so maybe I'll just like share one. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me. I'm just trying to like remember. Um, trying to like give an example. Let's see. So I know I've had a you. You kind of walked me through one of the rapid transformational therapy uh, sessions and. I know that that helped pull out some things, some memories from my past that were yeah, kind of like Yeah, that's what traumatic. I kind of want to do. I want to like bring up like some examples so people kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. Do you so, have one? Yeah. So the I think the biggest one that kind of comes to mind right now is that during one of these sessions, I walked through a 
a money wound that I had. Um, and so I had, I have money wounds and I have food issues. Um, is because I grew up in a very poor household uh, and we struggled with money, so we struggled with food. Um, and I remember walking through one of these therapy sessions with you and I remembered a point in my past when I was like uh, second grade, kindergarten, first, second grade, something like that. I was r way too young, um, but I was walking to school and I remember walking by like a one of the storefronts on the way to school was like a little bakery and they were having bread delivered. Um, hmm. But outside in front of the store, there was like a little truck that had like a bunch of loaves of bread, like in the back of the truck. And because I was little poor and hungry, I remember walking up to that truck and stealing a loaf of bread and putting it in my backpack because I was hungry. Yeah. Um, and it was a memory that was buried. I didn't, I don't remember that. Like when I, my conscious brain before this did not remember that scenario. Um, I didn't remember that that was an issue. I didn't remember that there was, you know, fear it wasn't and like guilt in the and, forefront of right. your brain. Yeah. It wasn't something that I regularly thought about. So um, it brought that up and it made me kind of realize that I have not only money wounds, but food issues because I was, you know, hungry often when I was little. Yeah. So, um, it kind of played into some of my eating habits, um, as an adult, like I, I for a long time, I have a hard, had a hard time being conscious when I ate a lot of times right. I would just gobble my food down super fast, not even think about it. I wasn't aware. I wasn't consciously taking every bite and being grateful for the food that I had. And it was just Tasting like, it. A, like it was just like a pound puppy kind of eat as much as you can, as fast as you can. Cause there's not going to be any left. Yeah. And it, it helped me kind of like recognize some of those food habits of, you know, taking too much eating past being satiated and, and too fast and too fast. So yeah. Uh, and so it's like, you can see how if you, and, and like you said, like you didn't realize how bad your eating habits were or right. where they fucking came from. Exactly. Right. And a lot of us just don't know why we do the things that we do. And so like with hypnotherapy, sometimes you can go back in time and find these core memories, these core traumatic incidents, um, where it's like, oh my God, that makes total sense. <laughs> why this keeps happening to me over and over and over again. Yeah. And of course, once you identify it, then with hypnotherapy, you rewire it and you say, you know, you kind of bring your adult self into it and you go, that's not me anymore. I am no longer a hungry kid living on the streets who's being starved to death. Therefore, I do not need to inhale my food as fast as possible. Therefore, I do not need to eat past, you know, my level of sanctity. So, it's so useful. It could be invaluable for people. Mm -hmm. I, uh, just listening to, I, you know, I remember, uh, uncovering a little, uh, a same kind of a thing, a memory with me. And I'm someone who I used to, this hasn't happened to me for quite a few years, but I used to always be dealing with some kind of chronic illness. And I was hypersensitive to like foods. Like I had a lot of food intolerances. I had a lot of 
allergic reactions to chemicals and laundry detergent and all of this kind of stuff. I was allergic to cats or so I thought. <laughs> and yeah. And so like one of my little sessions um, with hypnotherapy, I was brought back. And again, like I actually remember this, but I hadn't thought about it for years. And basically I remember getting a really traumatic allergy test done when I was like six years old. And this is like back in the 90s. And basically what they do for discovering what your allergies are, they stick a bunch of needles in your back. Like they have you take your shirt off. They stick a bunch of needles in your back with like these little microorganisms. And then when you have a skin reaction to it, that's how they find out what you're allergic to, right? Mm -hmm. And number one, this test was very traumatic. Like I had to get naked in front of these this doctor I didn't know and get pricked with needles at the age of six. Very, very scary, right? It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked. Like a lot of our medical shit is very traumatic. But basically, I was told that I am allergic to cats. Okay, and my little kid brain. This is this is how it. I'm, I'm going to come full circle. Oh, but this my is little, heartbreaking. My little kid brain oh. thought and made the association that I can't have my kitties. And I grew up in a very abusive household. My kitties were the only thing in my family that I loved and that loved me. And they were the only source of like connection and things that weren't dangerous. My brain, when I found out that I was allergic to the only things that I love, it goes, you're allergic to all things that you love. You cannot have things that you love. You are allergic to all good things. That's kind of how your brain can make those little associations, especially when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So I basically learned that what I love makes me sick. So of course, as I went through life, I found myself hypersensitive to all sorts of stuff, especially things that I normally love yeah. and like, and things that could have been sources of joy in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So dealing with all these like weird chronic illnesses and oversensitivities, discovering that core memory and then rewiring it and being like, choosing to believe that those allergies weren't real, choosing to believe that I absolutely can have my cats, um, choosing to believe that I know all about my health and that my body isn't overly sensitive to just regular stuff. And I rewired it and I haven't had a fucking chronic illness since. Yeah. I haven't had, I mean, I've gotten like, you know, a couple of colds and shit, but I used to be so sensitive. It was like, you know, I used the wrong laundry detergent, so now I have a skin rash and, yep. you know, all this stuff. But, that's where I learned that. You go back in time and you kind of can see these little core memories being formed where your little kid brain makes these associations. And that's the program that runs in our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. I feel like so this... that, that was one that I had, you know? Yeah. And talking about this, I feel like this ties really well into the book, The Obstacle is the Way, because facing a lot no, of these I like things this. we're talking about cool shit right now well, what i was just saying is like facing a lot of these things is fucking hard like it's yeah. not it's not easy digging back into the past and going to the traumatic times that have shaped all of our behaviors and habits like it's some tough work like it's not fucking easy but when you do it when you take that hard step it makes such a big difference in the quality of your life like 
for yeah. you, for instance, like you're not allergic to shit anymore. You can eat basically anything you want and not get fucking an allergic reaction from it. You can rub yeah. your face all over the cats and it's fun. They smell like sugar. Like Yeah, they're I love my cats. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like so, I talk about my cats like almost on every episode. <laughs> well, they're part of our family, so they're yeah, important. Babies. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think hypnotherapy and, and, you know, that's really useful information because now instead of me just running around as an adult going, why the fuck am I so sensitive to shit? I'm like, oh no, that's just a core memory with like some programming that I need to update. Mm -hmm. It's empowering to have that awareness. It is. And uh, so, so that's why it's useful. And I, you know, I also am not very easily suggestible. I'm very in my head. Um, so you don't have to be one of those people that just can be like full blown out of like, just out of control, I guess, um, yeah. with what they're doing, you'd still find a benefit, even if it's just feels like a light meditation. Cause yeah. I feel like a lot of people expect it to be like when the magicians are like run around like a chicken and <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and some is... people really, some people really can be that easily persuaded into their subconscious mind and, and they can do that. Um, but for, I think the most, most of us, it's going to feel more like I'm just meditating, but then these random memories can pop out and you're like, Oh shit, I don't, I didn't know I could even access that. Yeah. Um, so it, well, it, it is useful. It's real. Dr. Joe Dispenza specifically talks about, uh, you need to change your state in order to reprogram your mind. Right. Like he yeah. talks about like you can't fix the problem in the same state that it was created. And if you've Einstein never. Oh, OK. Well, I'm just saying. No, I'm, he, I mean, I know yeah, he said he it must, too, but I'm just he saying. Must, yeah, he got that from Einstein then. But you can't change the your state like unless you change your you can't change your the state. problem unless you change your state. <laughs> right. So you have to yeah. get into a different state in order to reprogram and rewire and become different it's not gonna like happen basically in the like same, same way force you can't like force yourself to be like i'm just not gonna be that way anymore right i mean i'm right. sure we all uh we have all experienced how ineffective that approach is right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm just gonna will myself into being fitter and will myself into not eating crap and will myself into not being an emotional <laughs> basket case when this problem comes up again exactly uh, it just doesn't work and it's because we have all these underlying programs that we are unaware of and so mm -hmm. it's like once you can tap into those you don't have to consciously be putting this effort into everything because you've already learned how to tap into that part of yourself and kind of heal it and reprogram it yeah. and i think that that's why because our conscious brains are in are our adult brains there are programmed brains we have to go to the unprogrammed parts we've got to go to the parts that are just responding to shit that happened in the past mm -hmm. and deal with it that's fascinating. It's hard. It is hard. Like, but it's totally ah. doable. I think it's way easier than therapy and meds and getting institutionalized, to be honest. It's way easier than living <laughs> in that shit, too. Yeah, right? Because so it's like, it's really not that hard. It's just once you get over that fear and you, you take that leap, mm -hmm. you're just walking through a meditation. You're going to cry. You're definitely going to fucking cry uh, <laughs> yeah. and just have a fucking, you know, <laughs> great cry session. But yep. after that, you feel so much lighter and you're so much more empowered and it really can be life-changing. Like you said, 
that's not nearly as hard as living with your fucked up patterns and habits. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not nearly as hard. doesn't take as long and is as expensive as talk therapy with meds. Right. And again, you know, I'm not bashing talk therapy and meds. They do have their place. I'm just saying that there's also these other things that can be very effective for people that they should look into, especially mm -hmm. if they've been in therapy for five fucking years and not getting anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is really interesting. You know, we don't go to a regular doctor and go, okay, are you going to fix my shoulder in five years? Like, no, we'd be like, that's a bad doctor. Yet when it comes to therapy, it's like, <laughs> We'll just, we're willing to just go to therapy forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and not expect results. It's just kind of interesting to me. Um, not that those are exactly the same, but fuck, if you're, I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, like, I, I would it, rather do something that works a lot faster and get on with my damn life. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to just keep doing the same thing with no results. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at because, and there are really wonderful therapists out there that can help you find this shit, help you make, you know, have, I'm not bashing therapy at all. I almost became one myself, but you know, at a certain point there are some of them where I'm like, I feel like you're just not getting anything out of it and you're just going because you think it's going to be better. But if this was any other industry, you would clearly not stick with that person, right? You would like, have fired them a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? And of course it depends, you know, some people like having therapists just so they can deal with their day-to-day -day life forever. And if you have the money and resources and time to do that, like more power to you. But I think a lot of us with the current state of the economy and everything, it's like, shit, I just want to heal this and be a different me already. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which is where I think things like meditation, hypnotherapy, changing nutrition, changing the lifestyle. This is where that stuff really can just transform a person from the inside out in a very short amount of time compared to a lot of these traditional techniques well, and psychedelics. What I, what I think, <laughs> well, also what I think is interesting is that a lot of this stuff is free, mm -hmm. right? All of this stuff is free. You can or meditate close to on, it. <laughs> or close to it. It's you can get a fucking year's worth of mind Valley for the price of one therapy session. Right. Like you can do all the YouTubing, you can do all of the free stuff out there and heal yourself almost, if not more effectively than, you know, the expensive talk therapy and medications. So like, yeah, use what is there. Don't yeah. just suffer, like suffering. Don't have silence. to just suffer. Suffering in silence and just living your life in misery is, <laughs> does not have to be an option. Right. I know. And so many of us feel so disempowered. You know, I see things, I see comments all the time on Instagram where people are just like, I'd love to see a therapist. How the fuck can I afford that? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, well, you don't just have, that's not your only option. And I think that that's, what's so cool about this podcast, you know, and about the work that I do is I give people other fucking options, you know, mm -hmm. that are way more cost effective, um, that are all scientifically validated, that are all statistically fucking validated as well like like the stuff that we're talking about it really is shown to work like this mm -hmm. isn't some oh just some woo woo stuff out here it's like no i wouldn't talk about it if i didn't have a bunch of meta-analyses telling me how effective it is right <laughs> exactly so, um yeah just having that as an option is wonderful so i guess my my final question to you um is do you feel more confident after taking that hypnotherapy confidence course yeah, it's actually, I, I would say yes, it, it has done uh, some things for me. It's helped me think about it more consciously. So 
before yeah. I think I thought that it was just a matter of like the, my experience is what makes me confident. Um, you know, my age and my my experience in the military, and I, I thought that that's what it was. Uh, but it doesn't all revolve around that. There's a lot of other aspects of who I am, um, and the way I can program myself to be confident rather than just relying on, you know, one uh, external variable, essentially. Huh. So it, it, anybody can be confident at any time. There's there's yeah. a reason there's a reason why, you know, certain people can walk into a room and just command the room. And it's not all based on experience. It's not all based on this innate, you know, confidence that they just have. A lot of them have worked on it. A lot of them have figured it out <clears throat> and are practicing uh, something that makes them more confident internally yeah. rather than just relying on the external. Right. It's almost like com true confidence comes from like having that self-esteem and that self-love and that self-worthiness. Mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of like, I've proven to myself that I can do this. So now I'm confident. You know, a lot of people have imposter syndrome. Right. Yeah. Even though they have clearly proven that they know what they're doing um, <laughs> and they still don't have that confidence. So it really tells us like, well, maybe confidence is actually like an inner job, like an inner experience, an inner um, valuation of yourself where you have to really believe in yourself and know that you're worthy and that you're, you know, like I think it really can be more of an inner job rather than a, like you said, external validated. One hundred percent. There's a lot of people out there that have so much unearned confidence. <laughs> and also, yeah, also the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think, I don't know if that's even true confidence or if that's just insecurity and like they're, you know, prowling around like peacocks being like, <laughs> yeah. look at how confident I am. Right. You know, you're trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> Maybe. Trying to act like you're confident when you're not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's probably another discussion, but yeah. Well, this was a weird conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about hypnotherapy and meditation, but it is good. It's good to know. It's good to talk about. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it can be really insightful for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, check out Mind Valley for sure. Um, there's a lot of hypnotherapy stuff, um, courses that you can take. And also their app, Omvana, um, where mm -hmm. they have the guided meditations and guided hypnotherapy sessions. And then, like you said, even free for YouTube. You, yeah. you can usually find some really good ones on there. If it's Pop, something that you guys yeah. want to try, um, you know, please do. It just might change your life. And at the very least, you'll learn something about yourself or you'll remember core memory that you need to face and deal with, right? So, um, so just so you guys know, we're not sponsored by any of these platforms. Fucking we should just, be, though. We should be, but we just <laughs> love them and believe in them and what they're doing. So, um, I would love to get sponsored by Mind Valley. Damn, <laughs> that would be awful. Right? Hey, look, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah, definitely not sponsored. Definitely wish we were, but give it a shot. Um, I, and I, I hope we can all heal more and be good. Absolutely. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, it, it does. Was, it's been a pleasure, people. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we'll probably do another podcast, uh, our next one, on probably the obstacle obstacles. Is the way. Yeah, well, we didn't get to it this just time. The book, but just not just like the book, but to, obstacles. <laughs> how to deal with hard shit in life. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you thanks. on the next one. Bye.